Okay. Thank you, Dan. God bless you. you Wonderful to be here this morning. I've known Ben and just met Heather for quite a long time. I know his mom and dad in Vancouver and uh, his leadership in, in British Columbia for the POC with history makers. And you've got a really good pastor in Ben Johnson. You really do. Yes, you do. My name is David McFarlane. I uh, was born in South America uh, from Uruguay, and my parents are from Argentina. And uh, I came to Christ, and I'll talk about it more this afternoon at the seminar I'm doing. And I came to Christ at 23 years old. And uh, I met my wife before that on a blind date. My friends say to me, you, she must have been blind. <laughs> I took her home, and I never met anyone as nice as her, and I kissed her on the forehead, and I said, I really like you. She looked at me with a twinkle in her eye, and she said, a little lower, please. <laughs> so I said, I really like you. <laughs> How many of you here have somebody you know, you love, somebody you work with, who don't yet know Jesus, but you'd like them to find the peace you found? Anybody? Excellent. Well, that's what the message this morning's about, and that's what this afternoon's about. I hope that you can come to the free lunch and the seminar this afternoon. The most Jewish people live in Israel. The second biggest group of Jewish people live in New York. And the third biggest, you probably don't know this, live in Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I grew up. And a Jewish friend said to me, I've got a story to tell you you could use in one of your talks. So this is it. He said... The story is that there was a rabbi who was addicted to golf. Do I have any golfers here? Yes. Woo, okay. This guy was addicted to golf, the rabbi. And it was a Sabbath, but he didn't have to speak at the synagogue that day. So he decided he'd go and play golf. But it's against the law, Jewish law, for a rabbi to play golf on the Sabbath. So he goes incognito to a golf club on the other side of town where nobody knows him. And there he is about to tee off breaking the Sabbath. And so the story goes, an angel in heaven says, God, come, come, look, the rabbi is about to play golf on a Sabbath. You've got to punish him. And God says, I will punish him. So right then the rabbi hits a golf ball. And, and normally it goes about 100 yards, but God sends a wind and the ball goes 100, 200, 300 yards, lands on the green, and the wind drives the ball into a circle and into the hole. The angel said, you gave him a hole in one. You were meant to punish him. And God said, I did punish him. Who can he tell? And the reason why that's even slightly funny even slightly funny, is because God has created us so when we have something good that happens to us, we want to tell others. We want to tell everybody. So how can we learn to tell others in this wonderful land of Canada about the hope that we have found in Jesus Christ? It's not as difficult as you think. I hope you'll come this afternoon, and I hope you'll pay attention maybe now. Uh, we've got a slide coming up, and it's John chapter 4. And Jesus is speaking to his followers. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's speaking to you this morning. He says, and I'll read it from the screen. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Now, three words jump out of the page at me. 
The first one is the word look. The word in the Greek means to pay attention to, to focus on, to become aware of, with the idea that you could be walking through a ripe harvest field and not even know and notice that it is ripe. The second word is the word harvest. And the word harvest comes from the from the illustration of the word of God and the hope that God has for each and every one of us. And that as we share this hope with other people and they receive it for themselves, it's like a seed planted in the heart and it begins to grow and gives them hope and a meaning and purpose for life. And that's people coming to Christ is a harvest. I don't know where you're at this morning in your spiritual walk, but at 23... I was not a Christian. We were brought up in a non-Christian home. Uh, We were supposed to be Scotch Presbyterian, but my dad preferred the Scotch to the Presbyterian. (laughs) That is not a joke. That is the truth. And I was an angry young man brought up in an alcoholic, abusive home. And I was angry sitting in church like maybe you're doing this morning, sitting wherever you're sitting right now. And I was a young man thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. Have you thought that? There's got to be more. There's got to be something I'm missing because I'm doing all the right things and I'm very successful, but there's something missing. Maybe that's where you're at this morning because that was me at 23, sitting where you're sitting, thinking there's got to be something more. There's got to be something. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Jesus Christ, contrary to popular opinion, didn't come to make your life miserable or guilty. He came to give you hope. He came to give you a life that's worth living, a sense of peace and love and significance that you will never find anywhere else. And so sitting there where you're sitting, I said, God, I don't understand this, but I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I don't fully understand he died on the cross for my sins, and, and, and I need to respond. And right there, I prayed a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to pray that later on in the service if you want to. And the prayer I prayed was something like this, God, forgive me. I'm messing up. I need you in my life. Jesus, I put my hand in yours this morning. I want to become your friend. And that prayer changed the direction of my life. It hasn't made it perfect. But in the times of the storms of life, I've got God as an anchor. In the difficult times, I'm not alone. If that's where you're at, I'm going to give you a chance before the end of the service to pray and begin your journey with Jesus because it may change my life, the harvest. And then the third word that jumps out of the page is the word ripe, ripe. Ripe means that it's ready now. We don't have to wait any longer, any longer. Wow, ripe. Now, you need to know that that verse is happening in the world today like no other time in history. More people are coming to Christ in the world now than ever in the history of the church. Woo! I'm having a revival here all by myself. More people, Buenos Aires, where I grew up when I was a kid, 1% were evangelicals. Now, something like 16% of the population are born-again believers. Like, going like this. I get to talk about it this afternoon, how it's not as difficult as you think. I hope you can come. It's at 1 o'clock, right, Pastor Ben? 1 o'clock, free lunch? Free lunch? By donation. By donation, sure. (laughs) By donation. Okay, okay, okay. But you can come this afternoon. The story, the story of this story is about the context is the woman at the well. The story of the woman at the well is a really cool story. It's a, 
Well, it's about Jesus and the disciples, and they take a shortcut through a place called Samaria. And Jesus be ministering, he's tired. Uh, in the Greek, it's pooped. I'm kidding. And so Jesus and the disciples take a shortcut through Samaria. They get to a well, and uh, a well is like a Starbucks in those days. Yes, it is. My wife, Diana, and I went to Starbucks the other day. Uh, we shared a latte. I would have bought two, but I only had $10. <laughs> so, so, my jokes this afternoon weren't any funny either. Okay. So, Jesus sits down by the well. It's the heat of the day. And the disciples go, it says, to get food. Maybe they go to A&W or Burger King or McDonald's. Or, okay. Use your imagination. And so, as they're there, Jesus is sitting here by himself, minding his own business, Jesus, Son of God, and along comes a woman. Not any woman. This is a woman that is coming in the heat of the day. If you've lived in third world countries, I have. People that go to get water at a river go in the morning when it's cool or in the evening when it's cool. You don't go in the heat of the day, but the woman is coming in the heat of the day because she doesn't want to meet the other women for the village because she's been sleeping with her husband's. She might have been the local prostitute. We don't know. But here she comes. And I would imagine that she came probably with lots of makeup on and maybe a, a mini skirt that was so short it would be more like a belt. And she probably had a plunging neckline. Come on, track with me. You weren't sure she was in the dress trying to get out of it or out of the dress trying to get into it. And she came along... I can't do it, but I'll try. <laughs> and she comes like that. She would have looked just like Lady Gaga. Okay? Put context, okay? Miley Cyrus, okay. And so that's, this is it. So this woman comes, and there Jesus. And to her shock, Jesus starts a conversation with her. And we're going to look at the story. How does Jesus talk to her and give her hope? That's what we're going to look at this morning. And she talks. And as she's talking to her, the disciples come with their burgers and fries and onion rings and other things that will kill you. And they see, they see him speaking to the woman. And it says they didn't understand it. You see, Samaria was a different country. There was a prejudice, racial prejudice, by the Jews against the Samaritans, who were considered a half-breed, and, and they were hated by the Jews. And this is not only a, a Samaritan, but she's a woman, and look what kind of a woman she is. Okay? And Jesus talks to this woman and tells her that he's the Messiah, the Savior that she's been looking for. She gets all excited. She leaves her water jar. She runs back to her village no longer afraid to tell people. No longer afraid of the other women who call her names and who point her out because the kind of woman that she is and the marriages she probably broken up, this dysfunctional woman, she runs back to her village. And just then the disciples come not understanding what is Jesus doing, wasting his time with that kind of woman. And then Jesus says, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And I can imagine the disciples saying, he's loco, loco, crazy. 
What do you mean harvest is ripe? Doesn't he know that this is Samaria? Harvest can happen in Argentina or in Guatemala or in, you know, somewhere else. But this is Calgary, eh? <laughs> These sort of things don't happen here. Just then, as Jesus says, open your eyes. Look at the fields. He's saying that to us this morning. Right then, over the top of the hill, come all the villagers that heard about Jesus from this woman who only found Jesus just an hour before. She didn't even have time to go to Bible college. (sighs) This woman and the whole village comes. Lots of them, the Bible said, believed because of her testimony. And the others came to see Jesus. And right there in front of the disciples' astonished eyes, what Jesus said predicted happened. Open your eyes. Look at the field. They're ripe. And they were ripe. The point is simply this. That if God can use a woman like that to change a village, imagine what God can do through someone like you and you and you and you to change the lives of people at work or at the gym or Tim Hortons or from friends or even your own family. We can't give up hope. What God did then, he can do again. My prayer is that this morning, when you leave the doors of this beautiful church, you will leave with new eyes. You will see the harvest through Jesus' eyes instead of our own eyes. We won't be like the disciples. We'd be more like Jesus. So I'm going to look at some practical things. And it's, I'm going to use the word harvest as an acrostic. Is it on behind me? It will be. Harvest as an acrostic for six things. If you're taking notes, this is the time to get ready to do so. And I'd like to look at six things that we learn from the story about how Jesus reached out to this woman and the chains of village. Because what he did, God wants me to do as well. Ha! Okay? Good. I wrote a book, it's called The Three Greatest Men in the World and How I Met the Other Two. I'll wait for you. Okay. 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 The point is simply this, that I don't know anything, and neither did that woman. But when you want to be used of God, he will use you. Ha! Okay, so let's go to look at H. The word letter H stands for heart. Heart. You see, it says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a j- You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. You see, here is this woman, this Lady Gaga. And she said, what are you doing talking to me? Don't you know we're different race, different culture? We even have our own religion. We're different. What are you doing talking to me? You see, the disciples, like the Pharisees, didn't understand that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The Pharisees in our own churches today don't see it either. God, help me to start seeing people with my heart. A man went up to a friend and he said to him, what's the problem with the church in Canada? Is it ignorance or apathy? And the friend said, frankly, I don't know and I don't care. Okay. Choose whichever one you like and laugh at that one. The man who went to the doctors and said to the doctor, Doctor, I have a problem with snoring. And the doctor said, Does it 
does a snoring bother your wife? He said, no, no, it embarrasses my wife. It's the rest of the congregation that it bothers. <laughs> and we can go to sleep and forget why we're here and who we are. God changed my heart this morning. Because the truth is, and we're going to look at it this afternoon. I hope you'll come. It's very practical stuff that you'll be able to do. It really is easy. It's easy steps. But the truth is, it doesn't start with a method. It starts with a heart. You know, my mother used to say, David, love will always find a way. Indifference will always find an excuse. God, help me to start loving people like this woman at the well that I meet at work or in the neighborhood. Dr. Billy Graham told this story some years ago, one of my favorite stories. There was a, a young missionary on a university campus, and the young man goes up to a young woman, and he says to the woman, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. And the woman says, I don't want to hear about the blankety-blank Jesus. You've got a blankety-blank-blank, and he remembers her, his, her mother, he, she remembers his mother and grandmother, and curses him up and down. The young man is a godly young missionary, and he's shocked. Nobody's ever cursed him like that with a lot of words he didn't understand. And so he took a course in evangelism explosion, but nobody told him what to do when the person exploded. <laughs> so he didn't know what to do. So he says, can I pray for you? Now the woman is shocked because nobody said that to her. So she says, pray for me? Sure, pray for me. And the young man starts praying something like this. God, you love this woman. You want to give her forgiveness. You want her to heal her. You want to give her hope. Jesus, you died on the cross for her. You love, may she know your love. Oh God. And as he started to, to pray, tears started to stream down his face. Stream down his face. Overwhelmed by love for this woman that just cursed him. When he finished praying, he thought she would have left. But she was still standing there. She was crying too. And she said, nobody in all my life has cared enough for me to pray for me, let alone to cry for me. Tell me about this, Jesus. What's going to win our world isn't better methods. It's me with a better heart. God, help me to see lost people the way you see lost people this morning. Help me not to leave here with a sense of indifference. But God, please touch my heart this morning. Number two. So H is for heart. A is for attentive. Attentive. It says, now, he had to go through Samaria. But if you know anything about Jewish history and geography, you know that because the Jews hated the Samaritans, they didn't go through Samaria. They, they would take a boat and go around the coast and bypass it, across the Jordan, go up the other side. But the Bible says he had to go through Samaria. I submit to you that the reason why the Bible says that is because God had a divine appointment for him with a woman at a well. God, make me attentive to the Holy Spirit opportunities that I will have at work or in the neighborhood or at the gym or on the university campus this week. I was in Vancouver. I've lived in Vancouver, but and, and there was a Pentecostal the denominational leader who said to me, we have a Filipino lady who started six churches for us. Six churches. I said, how does she do it? He says, she's a hairdresser. She owns hairdressing salons. And when she's cutting somebody's hair, she prays with her eyes open. <laughs> and she prays. 
And then she says to the person, I'll give you $5 off the haircut if you come to a Bible study. I said, does it work? And the guy slapped me and said, she started six churches, didn't you hear me? What can we be attentive? What are the opportunities that God is bringing? Lord, may I leave this, this building this morning with a new heart and, and with new eyes. Maybe see the opportunities. And w- By the way, this afternoon, you really have to come if you can. The jokes aren't any better, but they're different. <laughs> Just that I'm going to show you little simple ways that any one of us can make a difference. And it really isn't complicated. Honestly, it isn't. You really, if you, in fact, you should Twitter some friends. Or email them or, or phone them or tap them on the shoulder or tap dance for them. Okay, okay. So, attentive. Number three, H-A-R. R is for relationships. Relationships. You see, it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks the water uh, thirsts, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus didn't even share this truth with the disciples. Here he shares it with this woman. As you read the story, you realize that he took the time to listen to her, to, to, not to judge her, but to reach out to her, reach out to her. And he took the time to, to show an interest in her. You see, it's all about relationships. The gospel travels through relationships. Isn't that something? And that, that's the way it goes. I have a friend called Michael Green, who teaches at Oxford, and he said, we want people to say you built a bridge to me, and in time Jesus crossed that bridge. So what bridges are you building with people you could get to know, not just ones you know, but people that you could get to know that God has brought along your path? There was a, a guy that went bear hunting, He'd never been bear hunting before. And so he was outside, and the two guys that knew what they were doing, the bear hunters, were in the cabin unpacking. The new guy yells at the top of his voice, Open the door! They look out the window, and the new guy's running as fast as he can with a big grizzly bear chasing him. And the grizzly bear's coming. (sighs) My version of a grizzly bear. Okay. And he yelled, open the door, open the door. The new guys, the guys that open the door. And the new guy gets right up to the door. He jumps aside and the bear runs into the cabin. <laughs> and the new guy says, skin that one. I'll go get another. <laughs> and that's a view people have had of, for evangelism. Skin that one. I'll go get another. That's not what it's about. It's about building relationships with people over which in time Jesus can cross. And we build a relationship with them whether they come to Christ or not. Hmm? Wow. I get to talk about that this afternoon. I really hope you can come. So we see then, H-A-R. God, help me to intentionally start thinking of who I can build a relationship with so that I could invite them to the Easter event here at this church with that beautiful little flyer that you guys have put together. Right? But start now thinking of ways of doing it. And do come this afternoon. Did I tell you that enough times? Okay, good, good, good. (laughs) H-A-R. V. Yeah, V. V is for vision. Vision. You see, it says... Just then the disciple returned. This is with their burgers and fries. 
the return, they were surprised to find him talking to the woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking? You see, they had no vision. They had no vision for evangelism. None. None. They were like the Pharisees, the religious people, who thought religion was just for us religious people. They didn't have a vision for lost people. And there was a, a man who was walking along the street, and he sees a whole lot of boys sitting in a circle. And in the middle of the circle, there's a little dog. Oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, dog. Okay, good. Okay. And so he, the man stops, and he says to the leader of the boys, what are you guys doing? The leader of the boys says, we're playing a game. The man says, what's the game? And the little boy says, the game is whoever tells the biggest lie gets a dog. The man is shocked. He says, that's terrible. I never did things like that when I was your age. To which the little boy said, give him the dog. (laughs) And the biggest lie, the biggest lie is that God can't use you. That God can't help you to overcome your fear. That God can't help you to prepare their heart before you get there. God, give me a new vision. I was with a denominational leader, and he said, David, you speak at the biggest churches all across Canada, of every denomination. What is the biggest need in the church in Canada? And my answer was quick. I said, we need to regain a sense of mission. We've forgotten who we are and why we're here. We need to regain a sense of vision that God can use you and, and your home group and your Sunday school. And, and yes, God can use you. God, give us a fresh vision. I hope you come this afternoon. Okay. H-A-R-V. E. E is for enthusiasm. Enthusiasm comes from two words, Greek words. N means full of, and theo means God. And all the Christians I've met that have impacted my life have been Christians that have been passionate about their faith. Really. Passionate about their faith. And here we see the woman... She finds out that Jesus is the Messiah and says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and told the people, come and see a man who told me everything that could this be the Messiah. So here's the woman. She comes along with her short skirt and her plunging neckline. and She talks to Jesus, finds out he's the Messiah. Then she forgets about her own need, the water. She leaves the jar behind. She gets so excited. And she can't wait to tell everybody. She leaves her comfort zone, is willing to go back to people that she slept with their husbands who call her names, but she doesn't care anymore because the news she has is so important and so life-changing that she can't keep it to herself. Huh? She's passionate about what she discovered. And she runs back to her village. Ow. I told you I grew up in South America. And uh, we have a colectivos in Buenos Aires. And they didn't have any air conditioning when I'm telling you this story. And, and in South America, traffic lights are just a suggestion. <laughs> when I went to Argentina the last time at security at the airport, they said, do you have a gun? And I said, no, so they gave me one. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. And so this bus driver is driving this bus, and no air conditioning. There are very few seats. You hang on for dear life. Uh, and, they, this, and an old lady stops the bus. Old lady, a campesina from the camp. Half her teeth missing. Hair set in hand grenades. <laughs> simple clothes, like simple clothes. And this simple old lady gets on the bus. And the bus driver complaining, oh, my back. And this on the turn. And uh, 
the little old lady says, Sir, maybe Jesus could heal your back. And he looks up at the people in the mirror, at the people at the back there. We have a loca here, loca, loca. And the old lady said, I went to a meeting two weeks ago, and I found Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. I prayed, and my life's been amazing the last two weeks. And, and I believe Jesus, I could pray for you, and maybe Jesus could heal your back. And he says, sure, pray for me. He thought she'd go to a cathedral, light a candle. But she meant right there and then. So he's driving the bus. She puts a hand on his head and says, God, would you heal this man's back and save his miserable soul? He puts the brakes on, gets up and says, something happened to my back. She said, see, two weeks ago, that's what happened to me. Now you need to give your life to Jesus. Today, that bus driver is a pastor in the city of Buenos Aires. What did that woman have? What did she have? She had nothing that we consider important. But she had the one thing that God considers important. She had passion. God, you can use me. God, you would use me. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, Paul says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Why does Paul say, I remind you? Because we forget. And we had passion once, but we've let it die down. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're a good person. I'm sure you are. You look good. But, but that passion that we had once has got, just died down. And now our Christianity is an automatic pilot. Same old, same old, same old. And the passion has gone. But Paul says, I remind you, fan into flame, which means if the flame has gone down, it can be brought back up. The Holy Spirit, wind of the Spirit of God, can come upon this congregation right now and can take your heart if you're willing to say, God, would you revive me this morning? 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 And you lift up those embers that once was your passion and the Spirit of God is here this morning and He's willing to sweep across this auditorium and take all your embers and turn them into bursts of flames so that you will leave this place passionate for Jesus again and setting this world on fire. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? We're going to pray for you before the end. I was in Oxford speaking. I was invited to speak at Oxford in, the, in the England to 1,000 leaders, 27 different countries. I was there for three days. And down the road, the other university, there was a chapel where John Wesley preached. John Wesley brought revival to England. Somebody said, how come when you preach, people come and when the churches are empty? And he said this. I love his quote. He said, set yourself on fire for Christ and people will come from everywhere just to see you burn. Passionate. So E is for enthusiasm. Then we have S is for share. Share. Jesus shares who he is, what he has to offer, and how she can receive it. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk this morning, but I know that it's not by accident that you came. That God knew that you would come. Maybe God has been knocking on the door of your life for a long time. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Jesus speaking, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock at anyone. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I'll come into him and sup with him and him with me. And, and you're not here by accident. God knew that you would come. And maybe this is your moment this morning to say, God, I've had you outside of my life for a long time. But this morning, I'd like you on the inside. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We need to turn to God this morning and say, like I did at 23, sitting in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I prayed, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. It hasn't worked. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life. I repent of my sins and my mistakes that I've made. I ask you, please, to forgive me. Please, to wash my life completely clean and give me a new beginning. The Bible calls it being born again from John chapter 3. Let's close our eyes and our heads across the auditorium this morning as we pray. Take a moment to pray. If you're a Christian, would you pray for the person in front of you and behind you and beside you? Pray that God will bless them, that God will meet with them, that God will encourage them, that they will find hope, that they will find God's love in a richer way this morning, that their faith will become passionate. Would you pray? Would you pray? Will you pray? But maybe this morning you're here as I was at 23, and you're sitting here saying, I don't know about this Jesus. And you'd like to say, I want to begin that relationship this morning. I need forgiveness. I want that emptiness in my hole to be filled. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's going to take some courage, but you don't actually need to, to do anything. Don't need to do anything. Just take a moment. Just if you're here this morning and you want to pray with me, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to signal you out, but just put your hand up quickly so that I see it. Just quickly put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Just slip that hand up quickly and put it back down again. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do anything with you. Just taking a moment. Just, just okay. Good. Some of you responded. Let's just take a moment to pray. I'd like you to pray out loud together. Everybody in the room, please pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for Jesus. I ask you to please forgive me for my sins. I I ask you to please come into my life. Take total control. And I promise you that I will serve you to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a a Bible to give you. If you prayed that prayer with me, you can go to Reconnection. Is that what it's called? Reconnection. There's a desk outside, and there's a free Bible. Free. Free. A free Bible. And if you pray, put your hand up, please go and pick the Bible up. If you didn't put your hand up, but you still prayed... Talk to the person you came with and say, I, I, I prayed with that guy this morning, and, and I really mean business with God today. And go pick this Bible up. Will you do that? So if you've got somebody with you, just say, did you pray with that crazy guy from South America? And, and pick up the Bible, will you? Pick up the Bible. Very good. So we're coming to the end of the service. The end. Woo! And this afternoon, what are you going to do? You're going to come to the seminar. <laughs> Finally, T is for thankful. 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 Do you think that the, that the uh, disciples, they, do you think that the people in the village were thankful for the woman? I believe that in heaven, there are people that are going to come up to me. And there are people that are going to come up to you in heaven. And they're going to come along and they'll say, Hey, Mary, Maria, Bob, John, give me a high five in heaven. It's my story, okay? Give me a high five. I'm here because of you. I'm here because of you. I was lost and I didn't hear the message, but you gave me the message. I saw something different in your life and and you helped me find Jesus. I'm here because of you, because of you, because of you. The book of Revelation says to gather around the throne. 
Revelation 7. There'll be people in every tongue and tribe and nation worshiping God. Isn't that exciting? And in that crowd, there'll be people from Calgary. And there'll be Albertans and Canadians. And they're there because of you. Because you chose, like that woman, to leave your comfort zone. And to go to the silly seminar in the afternoon. And get a few tools that you can use tomorrow and the next day. And you're going to go to glory, not with with, with people in your train, people that you have had the privilege of impacting. I really hope you can come this afternoon. I'm going to ask you to stand as I'm going to ask Pastor Ben to come back. Uh, I want to thank you again, Pastor Ben, for inviting me to come. Don't forget to tweet somebody or email them or phone them about the seminar 1 o'clock. I'm going to be talking about a very simple thing of baby steps that anyone can do for evangelism. Let me pray for you. Father, I take a moment to thank you for this wonderful congregation and for Pastor Ben and Heather and the family. And Lord Jesus, we're looking to you this morning. We don't want to leave here the way we came. Same old doesn't cut it anymore. God, we want to leave empowered. We want to leave different. We want to leave with a passion for you, O God. We pray this morning that you would, Holy Spirit of God, that you would flow into our lives and best into flame the passion for Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you this afternoon.